Is there not an entire section on this subject? And no, yes, I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, it what have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 let me starting soon because it just feels like so much of the stuff I talk about happened uh, you know when I, I record Sunday night I release Monday morning um, and so much of the stuff that I, I'm talking about happened last week literally everything I have planned the three topics that I, I planned out to talk about this week um, happened Saturday and Sunday and Monday of last week. So it feels like so much time has passed. You've probably, I mean, if you're an active podcast listener, you've heard people hash this over and over and over and over. And here comes Norm with a week later after you've already processed all of this. And now I'm going to just rehash everything that you've already listened to. And I appreciate your willingness to do so. Um, so yeah, we may um, find ourselves saying I'm a lot. Uh, we may find ourselves with a, a Wednesday uh, episode as well. Kicking that around, I don't know if that's something you guys would be interested in. Um, the few of you that actually do watch and listen, it's so appreciated. I hope that that would be a helpful thing to, to come up in the middle of the week. It just makes my uh, time of looking for uh, something to talk about. Not that it's really hard to find anything to talk about, but... I just have to, you know, continue to find something new and more often to talk about. So I'm up for that if it'd help you guys out. And then I wouldn't feel like I'm behind the eight ball on, on half of this stuff or Johnny come lately, uh, whichever cliche works best for, um, for this. But it just seemed like, I mean, and I don't know if maybe I just checked out after Monday. I think I was just so, um, not distracted, but trying to distract myself from what was going on. The entire, this whole impeachment trial thing was literally just a joke to me. So I, y'all know I'm no fan of, of this president. I didn't vote for him the last time. Not a hundred percent convinced I'm going to vote for him this time, but, uh, I'll give him props when he does something right, which is not nearly as much as I would like to. And I'm going to rebuke him. Or, you know, say something when he does something wrong. And I'm not going to just, you know, fall in line with those who uh, are just bowing down to worship this man. But again, the, I don't see that he's done anything worthy of being impeached. Uh, nobody's shown any evidence of bribery or quid pro quo or any of those things that, that were supposedly what they wanted to impeach him on. And literally the Democrats have been trying to impeach all five out of the six Republican presidents, 
presidents that have been in office since Eisenhower, the Democrats have, have tried to come up with something in order to impeach that president. So again, it has it really has nothing to do with policies or anything else. It, it literally has to do with them trying to just oust the guy that they don't agree with. And it's ridiculous. And so I think I really just kind of um, stayed away from the news cycle. I probably listened to less than half of the podcasts that I usually do. I usually listen to Steve Dace and Ben Shapiro every day. And then, you know, Wrath and Grace, uh, Cross-Politic, um, Cross-Examine, Sheologians. Uh, those are the podcasts. Just Thinking has become one of my favorite podcasts. So, you know, I, I tried to listen to those, and I probably didn't listen to half of those. Excuse me, I've got an itch on my nose. I'm really not trying to pick it. Um, for those of you who are listening audio, now you know. Um I didn't listen to nearly as many because I just, I was tired. Maybe what you guys are of having to go through this stuff again after, um, again, after a week of already having uh, listened to it and stuff like that. I don't know why my nose is just so bad. So um, with all that being said, uh, the things that I want to talk about, and we're just going to, we're going to, uh, first off, Colin Kaepernick, dude, just just go be a Nike spokesperson. Just you know, go be an announcer with uh, Tim Tebow. You know, go find a, a minor league baseball team that might sign you or something. Play in the the Canadian leagues, the European league. Go to China and play whatever, dude. But seriously. <sighs> You know, I was actually kind of hoping that someone would pick him up. I was even willing to say and go with it if the Broncos were to pick him up. One, either get in there and prove yourself. I mean, the first couple seasons that he had in the NFL, he was great. He was a really good quarterback those first couple of seasons. And then he just slipped into mediocrity like so many quarterbacks do. People figured out, the defenses figured out the way he played. Um, he didn't get nearly the the yardage and uh, the um, performance out of the, the, la the last couple of years he played than he did in those first few. Um, obviously not running as much or doing the things that he had done early on when he was just trying to get out there and make a name for himself. So I was kind of hoping that someone would pick him up and give him an opportunity to either get out there and prove that whatever he's been doing in his off time has improved his game or to prove that it has nothing to do with your ideology or your politics or your skin color that you're not in the NFL. It literally has to do with the fact that out of 32 quarter starting quarterbacks in the league. And I would even say 64 starting and backup quarterbacks in the league. You probably rank somewhere around 58. Cause you're just not that good. Even watching some of the things. I mean, okay. Yeah. You've got some great arm strength, dude. You can throw the ball a ton, but that wasn't your problem. The last couple of years in the league, it was the defense had figured you out. And so, you know, you were the you weren't looking at your your secondary uh, targets the way you should. Um, 
you know, it was if if your your primary uh, receiver wasn't open, you just tucked in and you know and basically ran backwards and got sacked. So you weren't that good. And yeah, the the workout that that we saw video from, you got you got great arm strength, dude. But there was nothing in those that I saw that showed me anything of your ability to scramble, to look at, uh, you know, scan the field for your other receivers or any of that stuff. So really, I don't care. I never cared. Again, if you watch this podcast for any period of time, I supported you. Uh, not that, why am I talking to Colin? Not like he's going to be watching this. I supported Colin Kaepernick in his, his uh, right to kneel. I gave him props in the fact that he initially sat and then another player and who was a veteran said, dude, it would be more uh, respectful if you would kneel. I had no problem with it. I served in the military. I never went to combat, but had I gone to combat, I would have been willing to go to combat for his right to kneel during the national anthem. I'm the guy that when it's playing in my basement, if I happen to have the TV on, when the national anthem comes on, I do it at the Super Bowl, I do it at all these things. If I'm in a room and the national anthem comes on my television set, I stand. If I'm in the basement by myself and the national anthem comes on the television set, I stand. Because that's what I feel for my country. I served, I, I was willing to, and again, I always make the, the distinction. I did not see combat. So there, there are veterans out there who did far more than I did. I went on a European vacation and then spent a couple of years uh, in the, the Pacific Northwest hanging out, having a great time, uh, drinking a lot of beer in Washington State. So there are others who, who risked their lives far more than I ever did. But I served and I love this country and had combat been part of my, my time in the military, I would have gone willingly, happily, maybe not happily, uh, but I would have gone willingly to fight for this country. And part of that is for Colin Kaepernick's right to kneel uh, during the national anthem and no problem with it. Um, you know, I, again, I didn't agree with every uh, account that he claimed was police brutality. I believe that there still is some police brutality going on. It's, it's not nearly as widespread. It is a very, very, very small population of the police forces around this country. The majority of cops in this country are great men who, and women who are willing to, to literally go out and put their lives on the line to serve and protect. So I have respect for our officers, but I understand there are bad apples out there. I don't think that every one of those incidents that, that went through that were uh, clear-cut cases of police brutality, undue force, or racist actions by the police. Some of them were. And I've talked about those in the past and those that I didn't agree with, the Michael Browns. Did I think Michael Brown did anything worthy of, of the death penalty? No. Stealing cigars, roughing up a, a, a convenience store owner, and even charging at a police officer um, is not something that is 
worthy of the death penalty. People do that stuff, assaulting a police officer. People just go to prison. This man was trying to take a policeman's gun. There's only one thing that that, that policeman could rightfully have thought was going to happen if Michael Brown got a hold of his gun. And that was that, uh, I can't remember Darren, I can't remember his last name, Darren Wilson. The only thing he could think is if this guy gets my gun, I'm going to die. So he was right in defending himself. And and Michael Brown, although none of his uh, crimes warranted the death penalty, Darren Wilson's defense of himself uh, required that amount of force. And then you have others, Philandro Castillo. Um, I think that, I can't, I can't, Castile, um, I have to go back and look, but Philandro, uh, I believe he was murdered by that police officer. I think that, I don't know that it was a, that cop got up that morning and went out with the intention of saying, I'm going to kill a black man. I don't know that he was even like overtly racist. I think his fear that was probably racially motivated, um, caused him to act poorly. And so I don't think he was like a blatant racist. I don't think that cop was a white supremacist or anything like that, but he had an undue fear of a black man with a gun and that undue fear caused him to act stupidly. So all that being said, I I don't mean to rehash all these things, but, uh, Colin had a right to do what he did, but I, do not think in any way, shape, or form that he has been um, left out of the NFL because of his politics. Because, I mean, there are other guys that knelt as well. Um, you know, Brandon Marshall and, and, and I can't think of all the people that did. But there were tons of people who knelt during the, the national anthem for the same reasons. They're still playing in the NFL Colin Kaepernick is not in the NFL because he he's a mediocre quarterback for the same reason that, that Tim Tebow is no longer in the NFL. Do I think both of these guys could come back and play and work on and improve? Absolutely, if they're given a shot. But, I mean, Kaepernick proved that he didn't even want the shot. So what happens is they set up a workout for him in Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons uh, facilities, and he last minute goes and uh, changes the venue and changes everything up again. It's like, he's going to do everything according to, to his, uh, you know, his prerogative. And, um, and yeah, it was just, it was a ridiculous thing to do. And, you know, he brought in his reporters and the speeches that he gave. Of course, you're looking at him wearing the Kunta Kente shirt. Um, dude, you're not a victim. You're and and as a white guy, I find it offensive that you're um, and and a ton of the black guys I know found it absolutely offensive that you would, with with your history, would compare yourself to Kunta Kinte. Um, you know, you're not a slave in this. You're not. You're not being. You know, nobody's forcing you to be something you're not. You know, I mean, you had. Uh, a white family that adopted you. You had white coaches that helped you get to where you are. And now you're, you're going to come out like in a Kunta Kinte t-shirt 
as if you're uh, a victim in all of this. You're not. You're not. And I, I just find it disgusting and offensive. Um, so, yeah, there's my two cents on that. Uh, send your uh, email complaints to the evangelical norm at Comcast.net. Uh, there's my there's my email address. Fill my inbox. Um, Sunday, Kanye went to Joel Osteen's church. I remember I, I made a meme last week of the, the, the lady yelling at the cat that everybody's so tired of um, that has been beaten to death. So and it was like, well, Kanye's going to the yelling ladies. Kanye's going to Joel Osteen's church. Uh, great. Uh, that means Lakewood is going to actually hear the gospel for once. And amazingly, they did. Now, again, if my walk at when I was at Kanye's stage in my conversion had been scrutinized the same way he is, no one would think that I was a Christian. Did he make some missteps in things that he said? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the whole, uh, you know, talking about defending Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen is a wolf. Joel Osteen is a false teacher to beat false teachers. Uh, well, uh, there, there are some out there that are worse. T.D. Jakes, uh, Creflo Dollar, some of these guys are just much, uh, I mean, I would put them in the heretic uh, category. And Joel's on the verge of that. Right now, I just call him a false teacher, but you could probably convince me that he's a heretic as well. But so Kanye defended him, said some things, but ultimately Kanye got up there. He talked about sin. He talked about repentance. I challenge you to go back and, and watch Joel Osteen's sermons. He actually got Joel Osteen to talk about being forgiven of our sins. And that doesn't happen in Lakewood. I challenge you to go back of the last four months Beyond that, go back through the last four years of Joel Osteen's sermons at Lakewood Church and find me somewhere where he talks about sin and repentance and not just as a tagline at the very end of accept Jesus as your Savior, which is poor terminology for for uh, the gospel anyway. So was I mad at Kanye for going to, to Joel Osteen's church? No. If I got the opportunity to go to Joel's church and could say whatever I want, I'd be there in a minute. But was I, and I can't even say I was disappointed. I was, I wasn't even surprised at some of the things that Kanye said because he's young. He's young in the faith. And so I guarantee, I guarantee you, this is a guarantee that I will absolutely make. If Kanye continues to sit under the discipleship of Adam Tyson for any period of time, he's going to come to the knowledge that Joel Osteen is a wolf. And I, I guarantee you, if he continues to sit under the discipleship of Adam Tyson, Kanye is going to repent of some of the things that he said at Joel Osteen's church that, that, uh, came in as support and um, uh, endorsement of Joel Osteen and Lakewood. So we'll just have to see. But again, Kanye is in this, this fishbowl that I don't envy because I did some, some crazy stuff when I first got saved because it was a process of, of sanctification is truly a process. I'm still being sanctified. I'm sure there's still times that, that I probably say or do something that people would go, I don't know if that guy's really a Christian. And so 
I wasn't mad at Kanye. I was actually kind of impressed with some of the things that were said. I was ecstatic that the gospel was presented in this church. I don't know that half of the people heard it or acknowledged it. But, um, and the funny thing is, is Joel Osteen has all the videos that are official uh, that were on YouTube of this stuff have been pulled down for copyright. Um, and we had to actually watch it off of a dude's phone that uh, recorded it. So, again, just keep praying for Kanye. Pray that he'll continue to be discipled um, and grow in his faith. I still have no doubt that this man is my brother in Christ. And I pray for him all the time. Um, that God will just continue to grow him and, and that he will mature and grow in his faith. So, keep praying for Kanye. Uh, praise God that the gospel was was preached at Lakewood, um, which has not happened in a long, long time, if ever. So, and with that, we get to look at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so, this one I was a little more disappointed in. Not surprised that so many people started calling for boycotts. Um, but Chick-fil-A caved. They did. You know, and I saw articles trying to, to point out that, well, they really didn't cave. They, you know, um, uh, trying to move this picture and get it a little higher. Nope, not, there we go. All right, sorry. Distracted by the way the picture was sitting there. Uh, I should be looking at the camera and not the computer screen. But, so, um, wow, complete loss of train of thought. Chick-fil-A caved. Yes, they did. A lot of articles trying to explain how they didn't really cave. Um, you know, they just, their contracts were up with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes and the Salvation Army. And so they're not going to do multi-year um, contracts for uh, benevolent giving anymore. They're going to just do, you know, local food banks. And they picked a couple other um, groups to support one of them. And I, I should have looked it up, but I don't even remember the name of the uh, some kind of house um, that deals with homeless. And that was the thing they, they said they were, wanted to focus more on homelessness and stuff like that. And it's like, well, isn't that exactly what the Salvation Army does from a Christian worldview? Um, but no, they're going to go uh, support this other guy. Why, why did I not look it up? Give me just a second. I'm going to go to uh, find the name of the new uh, people that they are donating to. So, real quick. Uh, do, do, do. Yeah, here we go. This is entertaining uh, podcasting, isn't it? Um, Uh, Franklin Graham says Chick-fil-A didn't cave. Um, let's see, where are they? I can't, I wish I could have remembered the name of this place. Um, it would have been so, uh, so much better had I actually looked this up. Um, they pulled financial support for Salvation Army and now they are giving their support to somebody else. And I don't know. I can't find it. I'm not going to waste any more time looking for it. And I really don't want to start this whole video over. 
Um, so you you can figure it out. Covenant House. Oh, there you go. I think that's it. Which is a, a very pro LGBTQ group. So again, Chick Fil A has faced all kinds of issues. They've been protested and so on by LGBT groups because uh, Truett Kathy supported uh, traditional marriage. Dan Kathy supports tra traditional marriage. Um, you know the the opening up of the uh, Chick Fil A in, in Great Britain or was it Toronto, Canada, somewhere that was basically shut down within a week because of protests of people laying down outside. And uh, I just, I remember back when something came up, when one of the first uh, challenges uh, from the LGBTQ, the, the rainbow jihad came and said, you know, Chick-fil-A is anti-gay or whatever. And what did the Christian community do? They had Chick-fil-A day and I mean, bombarded Chick-fil-A's. I went three times in one day and had to wait in line for long periods to get food and because I wanted to support them. There's this group that was saying we're going to we're going to boycott and then you know the Christians came in and said we're going to support you. And now Chick-fil-A's literally going to cave. And again, there are articles that well Franklin Graham says they didn't. They did. Here's the thing. I don't care what they do with their money. I don't care where they give to charity. The fact that they made it a public uh, announcement shows that they were they were truly caving. They wanted the LGBTQ people to know we are doing this. And then they went to a, a very pro-LGBTQ homeless uh, charity where they could have continued to, to give to the Salvation Army which is all about the homeless as well. So this is blatantly Chick-fil-A caving. So with that, do I agree with boycotting Chick-fil-A? If you want to boycott Chick-fil-A, you boycott Chick-fil-A. And that's been my attitude about every one of these, these proposed boycotts. Um, you know, boycott, if you don't want to go somewhere, don't go anywhere. That's what we do in America. That's how capitalism works. If we don't like a place, we stop spending our money there and if enough people stop spending their money there they go out of business if you do like a place continue to to go there i'm not boycotting chick-fil-a why because i love chick-fil-a food and the biggest issue of why i'm not is one again i don't care what they do with their money there are a lot of other places walmart and and so on there are a ton of other places that we uh go on a daily basis that give to these LGBTQ. If we were to boycott all of them, we, we really wouldn't have much, many places to go. We wouldn't have a whole lot of places to shop or um, patronize. Um, we just wouldn't. We'd be stuck in our homes uh, ordering stuff off of Amazon from some obscure little Christian company. And, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous to think that we have to boycott everybody. But the other issue, the biggest issue is most of the Chick-fil-A's around the world are franchises. They are owned by somebody who is not part of the Chick-fil-A corporate. They are not giving their individual money to these groups. The, the local Chick-fil-A here in Ogden, Utah, the one that I eat at more often than any, there are two, 
that I hit. One was right by my work, and then there's one near my home. But is owned by a guy named Bart Norman, who is one, a friend of mine. Um, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but I would still consider, I hope he would consider me a friend. Um, but he's a Christian man. Um, and he has to put food on his table. And so I'm not going to go take food away from him because of something at the cor- somebody something somebody at the corporate level is doing. Um, so that's the reason why I'm not going to boycott Chick-fil-A. I'm going to continue to eat there and it, because I think the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich is far better than the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Um, and the service is better. And um, I don't need the breaded chicken sandwiches anyway. I like the grilled chicken sandwich and Popeye's ain't got that. Um, I don't know that anybody's got a grilled chicken sandwich is good. Um, so there it is. Yes, they caved. Yes, it's disappointing. Yes, it's a bummer that they got all the support from uh, the Christian community that they did. And then they just literally turned their back. But I'm still going to eat there. I'm still going to, I'm just like I'm still going to shop at Walmart. I'm still going to, you know, eat, uh, you know, do business with banks or other Amazon or whatever places that that still support these LGBTQ groups. But I'm going to preach the gospel, um, you know, and I can do that eating a Chick-fil-A sandwich. I can go in now. Maybe there will be more uh, LGBTQ people inside Chick-fil-A and you better bet your backside that I'll be in there sharing the gospel as often as I can. And one thing I can guarantee you is uh, Bart Norman uh, owns a Chick-fil-A on Washington uh, Boulevard here in Ogden, Utah. Ain't going to kick me out for doing it. So I'm going to enjoy my chicken sandwich. I'm going to share the gospel at any possible time that I can. And I'm going to use words because they're necessary. And that's going to be the end of our episode today. So until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.